Changing Sky, Amanda Neal's novel telling the story of a young girl's journey through growing up, coping with her demanding father, through music, love and heartbreak. Rachel Summers reads the serialisation of the book for Brooklyn's Radio. Chapter 4, Part 2 Belle tried her best to comfort me that evening. I just wanted to mope for the rest of the day alone in my room and not talk to anyone, but she refused to leave me by myself. To cheer me up, she suggested we go down to Gertie's kitchen and fix ourselves some banana milkshakes with ice cream floaters topped with caramel and Oreos, which she knew were my favourite. I watched her while she whizzed the blender, adding all the ingredients together in one and making a not inconsiderable mess as she went along. I wondered whether Gertie would appreciate this, as she always liked her kitchen to be absolutely spotless. When she finished, we drank our milkshakes instantly to fill the sugar rush. Then Belle, without clearing up, decided to take out her music diary so we could try out some new songs together. I think she felt this would lighten the mood, but I wasn't entirely convinced until she led me out of the kitchen to Gertie's secret world. We walked through a herb garden to a shabby barn which I had always thought just contained Gertie's unwanted furniture. When Belle opened the door, the light from the back of the kitchen shone through to reveal a very old, Blutner-style grand piano. It was so amazingly beautiful. Once those doors to the barn were open, there was nothing that anyone could do to stop Belle and I. We had entered another world. We took an old tea towel from Gertie's kitchen and dusted off the top of the piano and the ivory keys that had cobwebs laying inside. Belle perched herself on the stool that was tucked under the piano to begin playing some of the songs from her diary. The music flowed over us like a forever running stream. It consumed us both and at one point I sat next to her to play some keys of my own. I had no idea that I had rhythm in me, but it just came from nowhere. I had managed to adapt a couple of songs from the music diary and put them in a contemporary style. Belle and I couldn't stop giggling at one point as the melodies were so empowering. We sat either side of each other on the stool playing piece by piece two songs by Gertie called Lonely and You Didn't Care About Me. It was as we were halfway through, You Didn't Care About Me, that the diary suddenly slipped from the top of the piano and fell to the floor beneath the stool, dropping photographs everywhere. We quickly jumped down to gather them up, and as we did, I gasped for air, finding it hard to breathe, as there, in front of me, I caught sight of what looked like a picture of my mother, at least my mother in her younger years. She was dressed in a rose-pink tutu with polka-dot ribbons in her hair and a sequin top. There were other young girls, all dressed similarly, but in different colours. Even though she was standing in a parade with other acts, I just knew it was my mother. Grabbing the picture instantly, I sat back on the stool, leaving Belle to gather the others while I gazed longingly at it in my hand. I couldn't let this picture go as I wrestled with a torrent of questions that flowed like a tsunami into my head. Why did Belle have a picture of my mother in her diary? Why was Gertie in the picture as well? Had Gertie and my mother known each other? Most importantly, if she had, then why hadn't she said anything to me all the time I'd been staying here? What possible reason could she have for keeping things from me? I said nothing to Belle, but decided to keep the picture. Even though I knew it was wrong to steal it from Belle, I had to get to the bottom of this mystery without her accidentally alerting her grandmother. Besides, I felt that Belle wouldn't have missed it as she had so many others. So I sneaked it into my pocket while she wasn't looking. Our music session had finished, so we left the barn and returned to the main shop to find that Gertie had returned, but without Jimmy. With the disappointment of Summer choosing to stay away and the shock of Gertie's hidden relationship with my mother, I felt that my world was dark place yet again. 
Why hadn't they all been honest with me? Seeing Gertie again that evening was very weird. Knowing that she had kept something like this from me made it difficult to act normally around her. At the same time, though, I didn't want to upset her. She was looking after me and taking care of me in a way that I had never known in the whole of my life. Who else could I turn to right now? Once Belle went home, Gertie brought a hot chocolate up to my room whilst I prepared for bed. She lit a couple of candles to warm the room up and drew the curtains. Not much was said between us. I could only think that she thought it was because of my disappointment about summer, which of course it partly was. I tried to stop my expression from giving me away by turning on my side away from her to face the window by my bed. After a short while, pottering around my room, she knew I wasn't up for talking, and, reading the signs, she simply left the room without a word. When she had closed the door, I waited until I heard the sound of her footsteps descending the staircase before reaching for the top drawer of my dressing table and grabbing the photo of my mother from the music diary. Laying on my bed, I simply stared at the photograph. If only the people in the picture could come to life. If they could only talk, then I might get answers to my questions. It was all very puzzling. Tearing my eyes from the photograph, I stared up at the ceiling, looking into the blank space. Somewhere out there was my mum. Somewhere out there was Summer. Eventually, I gave in and fell asleep. Tomorrow was another day, and I had planned to get some answers of my own. The following day after school, Belle came over on her own, without Jimmy. We went back to the barn and played with the piano, going through Belle's music diary and singing some of the songs we had enjoyed the day before. The piano's music helped him to relax a little, although in the back of my mind there were visions of summer. Belle could tell instantly that my mind was elsewhere. She stopped playing and asked me what was wrong, but I decided to keep everything to myself this time, at least until I was absolutely sure of what I intended to do. Belle informed me that afternoon that the school newsletter confirmed that my father was away on leave for a month for personal reasons. There was an acting head teacher in his place called Mrs Rule, who was also the school's new French teacher. Everyone really liked her modern way of teaching, which meant letting the kids listen to French music and eating French food during lessons. She also taught her classes to sing French songs, causing much merriment when a particular member of class was picked to do a solo performance. Overall, most people thought she was bubbly and lots of fun. Everything my father wasn't. As I listened to Belle talking about Mrs. Rule, I suddenly realised that my dad's absence was a blessing in disguise, as it would give me the chance to return to my home so that I could find some answers. The question was whether he had actually gone away, or was he still staying at the house? Suddenly, sensing that my intention was elsewhere, Belle stopped talking and stared at me expectantly. Okay, dreamer, what are you thinking? She said. I told her. What? Are you mad? She exclaimed, nearly dropping the piano lid on our fingers. You've got every chance of getting caught. It's absolutely ridiculous. No way. We can't risk him finding you because we don't even know if he's gone away or not. She got up and started pacing around the piano. But that's what we need to find out first. Then, once the coast is clear, we can get straight in there. I want to go through all the things in Mum and Dad's bedroom. There must be something I've missed which will lead me to know where Mum is and why Summer won't come back. I tried hard to reason with her. But why do you have to have them back? You've got me, Jimmy and Gertie now. We'll look after you. My darling Belle, she had become so attached to me. I was so lucky. 
I know, and I'm eternally grateful, but I need to have my family back. Oh, Belle, I love living here with Gertie, and yes, it is more wondrous than I could ever imagine, like every child's dream, but, but it's not my home. My home is with Mum and Summer. As I said this, all of the barriers I had built up since running away from home came crashing down, unleashing a torrent of emotions. Tears flowed freely down my face as I sobbed. Seeing my distress, Belle stopped her pacing and crouched down next to me, putting her arm around my shoulders. Belle, I've got to go back and find out why all this has happened and why my father has chosen to act like a monster for so many years. Please come with me. Don't let me go on my own. I pleaded, hoping she would change her mind. Oh, Skye, whatever are we going to do with you? Of course I'll come with you. But please, please promise me that if there's even the slightest sign of him, you won't try and go into the house. I nodded and gave her a hug. Belle and I were friends for life now. No one would stand in our way. Rachel Summers was reading from Amanda Neal's new novel, Changing Sky. Further editions on Fridays on Brooklyn's Radio at 7.15.